You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Friday, July 16th. As always, I am your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always, the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or more recently just launched Just Baseball. Or maybe if pop culture entertainment is a little bit more down your lane, then you can find my work at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, Blight, Disgusting, Film Cut, and more, and hopefully many more to come. But most importantly, guys, most importantly, this is what matters the most. You can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, only though, only if you feel so inclined, you can hit me up on there with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have, and I'll do my very best to get back to you and maybe even get back to you on the show. Speaking of which, today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the app and join me this Saturday at 7.05 p.m. ET for a little bit of a, a little Saturday night watch party for this Padres Nationals game. Thank the Lord it's a little bit early. I guess I get some early games for a little bit, so I'm, I'm really jazzed about that, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, Spotify Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. Uh, and today's episode, guys, going to be... Continuing my chat with the mother effing star girl, Gabrielle Starr, formerly of Lockdown Red Sox, doing more of our like half season look back, reminiscing and all that stuff. We talk about the Brewers. We talk about a little bit of Aaron Boone just being a, a doofus. We talk about the Astros being so good. There's there's all sorts of topics in here. Everything non Otani. Uh, lots of topics. Lots of topics in here. The Phillies and then trade deadline sort of predictions. I asked Gabrielle her one kind of predictions for it. So that's a lot of fun. And also, uh, I actually had a piece come out for Just Baseball today about Kevin Gosman um, that I thought was okay. I thought it was decent. It might be worth reading, so I'll link that in the podcast description. That's basically all I got for you. That's all I got for you guys. So without further ado, let's kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. Let's get it! (laughs) I just have to say, regarding Aaron Boone, though, Mm -hmm. I said this from the beginning. Why would you hire, when you are a franchise as winning-focused as the Yankees are, Because look, there are even Yankees players that I like. I like Aaron Judge. I mean, not when he's playing us, but like, I like Aaron Judge. I think he's great for baseball. He seems like a really classy guy. Mm -hmm. Great last name too. Yeah. And, you know, wore a Red Sox shirt one time. So that picture is always funny when it comes up on Twitter. But (laughs) why would you hire of all the people that you could have hired Mm -hmm. a guy with no managerial or coaching experience like it literally feels like, especially at this point, when you've seen how badly he's doing with the talent that he was given. I mean, he it's not like he was given a rebuild. Yeah. You know, Joe Girardi won a World Series and he was handed Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton, all of like all of this talent, you know, uh Luis Severino and uh Masahiro Tanaka and CeCe Sabathia, like mm-hmm. he I mean, he and Cora were both hired the same offseason, and they were both handed teams that went to – I mean, the Yankees had been a wildcard team. The Red Sox were division champs when it's – these were gift-wrapped. The gift-wrapped. Mm-hmm. Gift 
Gee, I can't talk today. Gift wrapped teams for their incoming managers. And they both went to the postseason in the first year of their tenures. Mm-hmm. But the Red Sox hired a guy with experience who had coached and managed multiple times team us uh, team puerto rico in the world baseball classic he coached say it louder now go ahead he coached (laughs) i'm so lame i'm like i can't say woo i sound so lame he coached with the astros we know how that went but he had the experience Mm -hmm. aaron boone was on ms like msnbc or msn sports or what like i don't even Mm -hmm. know what they call it anymore he was on tv and that was his entire experience they hired him Mm-hmm. Because he hit a walk-off home run against their rivals one time in the ALCS. Are you kidding me with this dog? What is she doing? <laughs> what is she barking at? She's barking at the couch. She's literally standing on the floor barking at the couch. <laughs> She's getting excited. She's like, yeah, I hate yeah. the Yankees too. She just keeps ruining my soundbite. They hired a guy because he hit a walk-off home run against their biggest rivals in the postseason one time and then promptly injured his knee playing pickup basketball, paving the way for the A-Rod deal. And that's why they hired him. You can't tell me. You cannot tell me that there's any other reason that that guy got that job. He was not the most qualified guy that they interviewed by far. Look, I too hope that I could parlay one moment in my life into an entire career nothing but respect for aaron boone no, i'm kidding um I mean, it's but sure, like in, we, all in all hope, honesty, we all hope that one meaningly meaningless thing that has basically nothing to do with what we're currently doing will get us somewhere else but like for <laughs> real you look at it now and you're like it's shocking this guy is gone. if this mm-hmm. if the yankees don't turn it around in the second half this year aaron boone is gone in september it's, it's going to be like Dave Dombrowski getting fired during Sunday night baseball or fun. There's, there's a genuine feeling of like, it, believe it or not, this doesn't feel like the Yankees don't usually make really silly kind of like short-sighted moves. Like that's this why it's so that's what's crazy. And then the Red Sox have blown up and all that stuff, but in an effort to just steer the conversation that way, we don't talk all about that. No, um, let's talk about other teams. Cause everybody knows that this is what we were going to talk about. So let's buck yeah, I think the they, system and uh, yeah. I think they do that uh, this was going to get brought up. But uh, before we kind of like get into the waning moments of this, for me, some of my, uh, I guess, like storylines I pay attention to, obviously the Giants, I'm not going to talk about it too much. I have a piece on Kevin Gosman coming out uh, hopefully soon, next couple of days or two, whatever. Um, just talking about how I think he's, he's fascinating. And then, you know, you've, you've got the Giants in general. I don't want to talk too much about them, division rival, all that. Um, there's, there's plenty of storylines in baseball, to be honest with you this year, you've got all the three juniors of, of, unfortunately, Acuna just got hurt. He's out for the year. There's just the, the, the death of Atlanta sports, uh, right now. Thank, thank God that they've got Trey Young to latch onto, right? Because Atlanta just had the year from hell in literally every single aspect. Uh, so they've fallen off and the Mets are just, if they lose that division, it'd be honestly kind of hilarious to be honest with you. And then. Also, I think that one that doesn't get talked about enough, believe it or not, is probably the fact that the Milwaukee Brewers are just kind of there's two things with them. One, it's the fact that they had three all star pitchers. They're one, two, three with Burns, Woodruff and Freddie Peralta. And then for me, I'm just fascinated at how good Willie Adabas has been ever oh, yeah, since they crazy. traded for him. And it's not like, oh, look at him. He's doing like Hunter Renfro with your team right now. Like, oh, he's <laughs> he's a little bit better than he was with the Padres. But he's not looking like like a top 20 outfielder. Willie Adamas looks like a top 10 shortstop in baseball right now. <laughs> like, that's how much of a night and day difference it's been. That team, I think, is sneaky. 
uh, and just always being kind of consistent. They're not necessarily always in that S tier uh, of teams for sure, especially because they have the Cubs, the Cardinals, of course, in that division too. Even the Reds are pretty good, but um, they they definitely find ways of whatnot. And I'm actually expecting a huge uh, second half from Christian Yelich. I think he's going to be awesome. I think that team's scary, man. And I'm actually really curious if we're not talking about them enough as being a trade deadline team. And then the last thing I wanted to mention was just, I love that the White Sox top two starters are both guys that took a really long time, despite being top level prospects to be good. Now, Lucas Giolito started off the season a little bit rough, big fan of Giolito. Everyone check out foolish baseball did a great video on him and like how he became really good. And Carlos Rodon, who was in the all-star game the other day, he's another one. He'd been on this team for like six years and he's finally figuring it out. He threw no hitter. Like I just love that the two starters for them, their top two starters top three, whatever you want to take Lance Lynn over and whatever, but like their top two of the three starters are like guys that it really took time. And I feel like oftentimes in baseball and sports, it's usually like those first two, three years in baseball before we decide like, oh, that guy's done. You know what I mean? We're seeing with Victor Robles right now, oh, yeah. right? People we don't saw give it. anyone a chance. I, mean, look at David Ortiz, I, I hate to you know? make it about David Ortiz, but oh, just real go. quick, because it was, it. he was Do on the it. twins. He was on the twins and they mm-hmm. literally like JD Martinez. Another they one. released him. Yeah, but JD, I mean, JD, like a four They didn't give game. him a chance, though. The, no, I, I think JD Martinez was genuinely like, he didn't have playing time. Ortiz was like someone no, but helped Ortiz him Batista a little bit too. Ortiz also didn't get playing time because Garden Hire wouldn't use him for That's a long right. time. And That's then they right. got rid mm-hmm. of him. And you think about it now, and the Twins literally, they get asked about this every Red Sox twin series. This gets mentioned <laughs> that the Twins have literally been kicking themselves for like two decades now, but it's true. And you wonder how many guys would have been amazing if people just stuck with them. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. Do you guys know what the best protein bar on the planet is? How can you not know that, guys? It is Built Bar, of course, guys. They've got all sorts of flavors ranging from coconut to double chocolate to salted caramel to cookies and cream to German chocolate to Jerry Barcia. They've got all sorts of flavors. They're basically like the Ben and Jerry's of protein bars when it comes to that, guys. And all these limited edition flavors come out every now and then, so keep your eyes peeled. But of course, guys, above all else, they are protein bars, which means they are healthy for you. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy, covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. They're the best, guys. So what are you waiting for? Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Remember, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. You know, the same thing is like in the minor leagues, there are guys, uh, Jerry Remy talks about this in his book that when he was in the, when he was doing some coaching and managing in the minor leagues before he got into broadcasting, he was kind of, it kind of becomes clear, you know, who's there to be developed to become a major leaguer and who's there to play with the guys who are being developed, you know, kind of like. Mm-hmm. Who's who's the seat fillers and who's the the A list celebrities kind of vibe at, at an mm-hmm. award show, and you think about like if you actually put in the time and effort to kind of give equal opportunity training and attention, which obviously it's not completely possible, but it's definitely more possible than it is the way that minor league baseball currently is structured and even major league baseball. Mm-hmm. You we have definitely missed out on so many people who could have been great. Yeah weren't given enough of a chance. And I mean, especially you see this with, you know, a pitcher who comes up, gets totally rocked because the major league team needed a pitcher, not because the pitcher was ready. 
And now that guy goes back down to the minors. He has a terrible stat line. The, the major league team doesn't want to use him. Other teams don't want to trade for him because he had one or two bad starts because he wasn't ready and the team pulled him up too soon. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously so this is stuff that sometimes it's just unfortunately the way that it works, but I feel like baseball as a whole, we are so quick now. I do it too. We are so quick to be like, this guy sucks. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Like, bring me something new. You know, we want instant mm-hmm. gratification. And when we don't get it, you know, no, it's like that old uh, cycle, like psychology experiment, um, you know, delayed gratification. Do you want one Oreo now or three Oreos in 20 minutes? And like, mm-hmm. gotcha. I'd rather have three Oreos in 20 minutes. Like, yeah, I'm going to be annoyed for those 20 minutes, but guess what? It's going to feel way better than like, you know, one Oreo. And then you're just hungry forever. I think one of the things with the Midwest teams that I've noticed after living on both sides of the country and having a dad from the Midwest is because Midwest teams, I would kind of exclude the Cubs and maybe the Cardinals a little bit from this, but as a whole, Midwest teams are not big market teams in the same way that the West and East coast teams are. You look at the Red Sox, the Yankees, the giants, the Dodgers, now the Padres, um, I guess the angels, cause they have trout and Otani, but like, I don't know. I feel like maybe it's just a case of where I've lived, but you mentioned the brewers, the brewers have been amazing, like sneaky. Good. Mm-hmm. we're just barely talking about them. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, Giolito and Rodone. And the only reason we really talked about Rodone was because he threw a no hitter. Um, and because of Tony Larusa, obviously with all of his stuff <laughs> and now the Cubs, you know, we're talking about the Cubs because they had that ridiculous losing streak and because they're selling off all their players, but not, you know, it just feels like there's such a disproportionate coverage of teams that are good in different places. And also, you know, something that's kind of bothered me over the last few years is how the narratives are so clearly constructed on social media by the teams and by major league baseball about players and teams, you know, so that even if a team is terrible, but they have one of the best players in baseball, that player usually isn't getting as much coverage as he deserves. You know, and you look at Xander Bogarts is a perfect example of that. He's, or even Craig Kimbrell this year with the Cubs. Kimbrell has 20 saves. His ERA is under one. He's only being talked about now because he's on market. He's a trade piece because they're selling everybody off. And he's Craig Kimbrell. You know, same mm-hmm. thing, same thing. Xander Bogarts year after year, mm-hmm. you know, he has, I love that Kimbrell's back. That's such oh, I know life. it's crazy. It's also crazy for me to see because he was so stressful in 2018. And I got to roast you, know. you too. I got to roast you. Why? We were, we were on a video call one time and someone suggested, I think Craig Kimbrell is going to be pretty good this year. And he I, said, no, I saw him. It was just like, look, 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 it's, it's, I never have roasted you before. Famously. I've never roasted you before. I never roast. I, I don't roast anybody. I just, I just felt like throwing it out there, but well, I only you know, throw it out there because there wasn't a sign that he would go back to this necessarily. Uh, and it just shows you like, 
again, and and honestly, with you, the whole development thing, maybe we could perhaps use that as a parallel for general life uh, when it comes to people not getting the same opportunities and they might do better with more support. We don't have to go down that route necessarily, but um, <laughs> yeah, with, with Craig Kimbrough and all these 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 teams that don't necessarily get the same the same coverage and don't have as many electric players and and all that stuff. It's it's a whole thing with baseball more than uh, a lot of the other sports for sure. You know, with Kimbrell, it's funny because you're hundred percent right. I was like, very, <laughs> my thing with Kimbrell is he traumatized me. Hey, because I thought even... I said something dumb too. No, because even though in 2018, he was still one of the best closers in baseball, his walks per nine had like quadrupled over the year before, you know, he still had like over 40 saves, but the Craig Kimbrell in 2017, 2017 and the Craig Kimbrell in 2018 were very different and it, he was still one of the best, but mm. for him. You know, yeah. if you hold him to the to the standard that he set for himself, because I'm not going to I'm not going to hold not him to the standard right of someone way. else. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not holding Zach Wheeler to a DeGrom standard. I'm holding Zach Wheeler to his own standard. Same thing with the Red Sox. Like if you show me that you're a good team, I'm going to hold you to your own standard because you're literally the one setting that standard. So with Kimbrel, it was he would he became a risk and a liability. And that team was so good that you know, once you start to see, you know, because people weren't expecting that from the 2018 Red Sox and to see him, you know, him come in and and struggle and be really risky, you know, yeah, he would eventually get the save, but he would make it really scary. You know, that, that famous Andrew Benintendi catch during the ALCS, the Bregman moment, that's because Kimbrell came in and loaded the bases. And if, if Benintendi doesn't make that catch, Bregman walks it off. So, you know, it got to the point where Alex Cora had 13, more than 13 innings of starting pitchers in relief appearances during the 2018 postseason because he didn't really trust Craig Kimbrell to finish games. And that's literally your closer's job. And now that I'm covering the Phillies so much, and I, I literally wrote last week that they should try to get Kimbrell, which is a very, very big pipe dream. But it wouldn't be the first time that Dave Dombrowski has pulled off the exact trade of getting Kimbrell from a team. (laughs) Um, Kimbrell with the Red Sox, it got to the point where you were nervous when he comes in, as opposed to you're like, okay, like we went from Kimbrell time to, oh my God, is Kimbrell going to get it done really, really fast? And it was, it was scary. And so I got kind of to the point where I was like nervous every time he was mentioned, because I was like, even if it's the off season, even if he hasn't been on my team in like two years, I'm still nervous. Like he's somehow going to come in and blow a save when there's no baseball even happening, but I'm really happy. And I think that one of the things with him this year is this is actually the first year that he's had a normal year since 2018, because in 2019, he held out for a really long time into the season because he wanted a deal and teams weren't meeting his, you know, kind of numbers. So he didn't sign with the Cubs until the season had already started. And then of course, last year, nobody had a normal season because we only played 60 games and it didn't start till July. So for him, he hasn't been in a routine since literally 20, the 2018 Mm -hmm. season. Um, And, you know, he's back to basically even better than he was in 2017. Um, And so I'm really happy for him. And, you know, I'm covering a team that has more blown saves than uh, anybody else. And he has more, he has the same amount of saves as their entire bullpen combined. Mm -hmm. So um, 
you know, I like the way you wrapped it back to the Red Sox there. You snuck it in there. No, no, no. The Phillies. The Phillies. The Phillies. I'm sorry. The Phillies. Oh, God. No, the Red Sox have 22. The Phillies have 22 blown saves. Matt Barnes. Yeah, Matt Barnes. Yeah, they just extended him too, which is why they're not almost 99% sure not getting going for Kimbrough. I know. They both wear red. We don't wear pinstripes, and the Phillies do. But yeah, the Phillies, the Phillies, you mentioned the Mets, and if they blow it, you know, it would be crazy for them and very Mets, of course. But the thing that's keeping it from being a real NL East race is the Phillies bullpen because they have mm-hmm. Wheeler. They have Aaron Nola. I mean, he'll, he'll figure it out. Aside from Wheeler, the, the rotation hasn't been great, but because they have a lot of sluggers and, you know, good hitters on their team, like Reese Hoskins and Harper and mm-hmm. Kutch, you know, Segura, Gregorius, they have a lot of good hitters on their team the thing that is keeping them from really, really kind of sneaking up on the Mets is the fact that they have 22 blown saves. Hector mm-hmm. Neris had six blown saves in June. His mm-hmm. ERA went from under three in May to like eight, eight in June. Mm-hmm. He just <sighs> fell apart. Similar to all the Chapman who we talked about. Oh, yeah, about but no one said barely, about but that. Yeah, no one said about that. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. Here's the thing, guys. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action, guys. Baseball season is, is back in full swing. It's back in full swing, and you can check all the action at Bet Online, as well as all the latest news and all of your favorite sports and stuff from the NBA to the NHL to the UFC, MMA, all of your type of stuff. They've got you covered. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit remember to use that promo code locked on guys bet online your online sportsbook experts last thing since we have been talking for a while just those are kind of our impressions from the first half again the non-otani storylines because clearly he's number one guys we know and you he, just gotta put it in the he, title of the episode mm-hmm. so that people know because you know 100%. someone's gonna be like how did you not talk about otani yeah, because honestly 100%. i don't think we deserve to talk about shohei otani yeah he's like too we're not cool. worthy we're not he's worthy i'm cool. not cool enough to talk about him if i wasn't doing padres i wouldn't feel qualified to talk about tatis i still don't and like he's one of those i genuinely think like he, he's just too cool like he's way 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 too cool and Otani's the same thing and don't get me wrong he was also in the news quite a bunch this week so I, I get it I imagine people have had uh, a decent amount of places to look for their Otani love and all that stuff um last question rapid just one one answer you have any trade deadline prediction you got any spice any any guys you think are going to get get dealt somewhere you could say someone for the Padres you could say someone for the Brewers you could say one, someone from the Marlins I don't care do you have one take, any spice for this upcoming deadline, which will be on my birthday, which is the crazy part. That's that's the thing that's freaking me out. That should be a fun day. What are you turning 12? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 12 to be um, exact. Yep. Yeah. Had to sneak that in there since I can't do that in our group DM <laughs> anymore, which for it's people. It's one of the dumbest, in. like long standing locked well, on. Well, you're the Raphael things. I'm not Devers. Even the, I'm not even the youngest on. one at locked on, which is the weirdest thing. Go Are for you it, really? Though. Who's the youngest? It's got to be like Rylan of Lockdown Royals. It's like I him, 
Um, oh, Nash might be younger than you. Yeah, Nash, Nash is, is in, still in school. Like, yeah. well, what are we doing? Also, guys? isn't Lucas in? Isn't Lucas, Lucas in? College? Yes. And also, isn't Josh? <laughs> isn't Josh of Nationals in? College? Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. I think. So. I think it's just that you're so cheerful. I mean, look, Devers is 24, and everyone pretends that he's 12. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I he has two it. children. So, um, all right. My trade deadline predictions. Scherzer gets traded. Okay. And. I think Scherzer I, I don't gets, know if he does, but go for it. I think Scherzer gets traded because the mm-hmm. Dodgers have a massive farm system and the Nationals, I think they just have like this agreement in place with him. So I think it's mm-hmm. like kind go of a coup it. of like mm-hmm. you get, we get a bunch of great prospects from the Dodgers, but we also get you back in like five months and you get a ring. It's kind of like a triple win for everybody involved. Um, I think... Dave Dombrowski pulls off some crazy, crazy moves for the Phillies because that's just his thing. You know, everyone's talking about like Bryce Harper said he wanted them to be buyers at the deadline and people were like, well, they have nothing to buy with. And it's like, that's cool. But Dave Dombrowski is literally known for making ridiculous trades and demolishing farm systems. Mm -hmm. And even if the Phillies don't have a lot, they're ranked like 19th overall with their farm system, but they do have some stuff. and. I think Dave Dombrowski is just going to like unload everyone to get a couple crazy guys, maybe mm-hmm. even Kimbrell. I mean, I really wouldn't put it past him just knowing like being a Red Sox fan during the Dombrowski era, he did so much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, I mean, I don't know. Those are my two predictions. I think the Cubs unload everyone. I have three mm-hmm. predictions, the Cubs unload everyone. Scherzer gets traded as a rental and Dombrowski just blows everyone's minds, which honestly I hope happens because I think the Phillies deserve to kind of shake things up. They've been boring for a while and you don't want to pay Bryce Harper and then waste Bryce Harper. You don't want to be the East coast it's version true. of the angels. It's true. You know? um, mine, Kent Maeda is going to be a Padre uh, or Max Scherzer. One of those two. No, not Max Scherzer. I don't feel the Scherzer thing actually. I don't feel I just Scherzer don't. for you. And, and they could, don't get me wrong. They, they do have stuff. But no, they do, I, I but I just don't see thing, it. Right? It, there's something about it. Doesn't, it it about doesn't it. make it is, sense to me, and I don't know why, but Dodgers, mm-hmm. the whole – the maybe it's just because I was writing about this all day, but Dave Roberts kissing up to Dave Martinez <laughs> and Max Scherzer so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just feel really it. feels mm-hmm. – okay. okay. And the fact that so many people it, on Mr. Twitter Krabs? were saying <laughs> – the fact that so many people on Twitter were saying the same thing, it just really feels like there's a conversation being had between the 2019 champs and the 2020 champs about like, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. You know, Mm -hmm. let's make this happen. It's mutually beneficial. Scherzer's in on it. So it's not even like, you know, it's not even like he's like shell shocked. He's probably like in on the conversation and it just feels like a thing. I don't know why I just have like, I have this feeling. Agreed. And there's might be some people saying, well, Oh, well, uh, the the Phillies they don't have like you said 19th farm system. My they thing about stuff. my take it might not be great. It might not be great, but my take is this: Guess what? The Padres gave up for you, Darvish. Not all that much, right? Uh, in theory, there is a certain cost for players. People need to stop acting like every single time a player of star caliber has been traded that they've all, always gotten quote unquote 100. There's the like no. Go I mean, look up David Price no, from back in the day. There's you know no I mean? such thing. Yeah, it, it and don't get me wrong. Sometimes people do pay full price. I think the Padres paid quite a, a decent chunk of change for Blake Snell. But sometimes 
It's like, wow, they only gave up that much. It happens sometimes. When but look at the Tommy Pham trade. Mookie, it's always when they traded Mookie, everyone was like, this is an unacceptable trade, yeah. myself and included. And look at the Red Sox. They're in first they're not, place in the division. And yeah. Alex Verdugo has been really good. Connor mm-hmm. Wong made his debut. He's been good. Jeter Downs mm-hmm. is progressing really well. You never know. You're never going to get. Teams can make trades. Is, unless it is trades. a legitimately one for one, kind of like your star for my star, like the proposed trade that never happened, DiMaggio for Ted Williams, way back, way, way, way back. Unless it's like a one for one, your star for my star, we just 100% swap. It's almost never going to be a perfectly equal trade because you're talking about human beings who change and get hurt and develop and excel or thrive in different. I mean, Chaim Bloom, I'm sorry to, it's a Phillies thing, but it's also Red Sox <laughs> thing. And I'm sorry, but Chaim Bloom had Nick Pavetta on his radar when he was on the, when he was working with the Rays. And he was terrible with the Phillies. He was terrible. And when Chaim Bloom took over the Red Sox, he traded Brandon Workman and Heath Henry to the Phillies in exchange for Nick Pavetta and a prospect pitcher named Connor Siebold. And the Phillies were thinking, oh my God, this is like, what a great trade for us because Brandon Workman hell, had only given up one home run in 2019 and had opposing batters hitting like 120 against him. He was like the best closer in baseball. And they thought, what a coup we're getting Brandon Workman. He completely fell apart for them. Meanwhile, Nick Pavetta, who had a five plus ERA with them almost every year of his career comes to Boston and immediately excels. And you never know. You never know. You never you know, but Chaim Blue saw know. something in him years ago and he was tracking him and wanted him for his team and he got him, but you and never you- know. And Andrew Benintendi fell apart in Boston and now he's doing well in Kansas city. And that's great for him because sometimes that's just how it goes. And just as we're recording, I just get the alert that the Red Sox just traded for Craig Kimbrell. So can get, no, I'm kidding. Are you, um, <laughs> oh my God. I was thinking of which name would get you. Most I thought you were going to say like David Ortiz on retires and I would have just burst into tears <laughs> on the recording, but I wouldn't have. Believed. That one would have been a little bit too much. I, I tried to make it as realistic as possible, but uh, look, yeah, but I agree really, with you hundred percent. Uh, that really anything can happen. And I feel like that's a good place to end it on. A very long chat from us, uh, hopefully spread out across two episodes, two days. I hope you guys all enjoyed it. Um, Gabrielle, it's a blast having you on, and I look forward to texting you, I imagine, about Ted Lasso season two, which drops oh my next God, week. I can't wait. I can't uh, wait. I'm so I know, excited. I, I have to rewatch season my one mom, in order to get ready. My mom adored it. I rewatched it with her like a couple months ago. I watched it myself in like January. Re- rewatch it with my mom she adored it my that, only take is first episode is fine but you get to number two and that's when the, the yeah. show's like well it's like getting, it's like, it's like it's season one of parks mm-hmm. and rec is okay but mm-hmm. you get to season two of parks and rec and it becomes parks and rec that's know? my only recommendation for people get to episode two the first one is a lot much just a setup I'm, it's just setting things up for you I'm and then, so excited to be back in the Ted Lasso bubble know. you know so because excited. it feels kind of like if if real life was like a Disney movie. That's kind of what feel being in the lasso Mm -hmm. bubble feels like of like, just for that brief moment, like everything is okay. And we blew through those episodes so fast. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I really need to make this feeling last. But at the same time, I need to keep watching this show. (laughs) It's so good. It is going to be a great weekend when that comes out next weekend. I'll also be with my friends watching. I will be unavailable. I can't wait for it. Which I know you're you're conflicted by, but Gabrielle, no, I, you know what? I'm too. I just I can't. I've come to a place where I'm excited to see it, and I just mm, you can't okay. compare it to the original because guess what? We all watched the original when we were kids, mm-hmm. 
we're going to have completely different reactions to this one because we're adults. Like all of these people on Twitter, I was seeing this right before we recorded, were like, you know, reviewing the new Space Jam, complaining about the new Space Jam. It's like, yeah, because we all watched the original Space Jam as children and it's a children's movie. So 30 year olds complaining about it isn't, I mean, neither of us is 30, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just like adults complaining about a movie that's a remake of something from their childhood. Of course, because we're romanticizing Mm -hmm. the Michael Jordan one. So of course we're going to be, you know, comparing. I mean, that's what happens when you do like a reboot or a remake or a a sequel or whatever. People need to get better at enjoying movies for what they are and occasionally enjoying bad movies. This might be that. Guess what, guys? It, it me super pop culture analyzer i'm gonna go on twitter today and be like hey space jam with lebron and the looney tunes it just isn't a woman who cares it's gonna be dumb and fun and i can't wait for it um, anyone who's taking the looney tunes too seriously exactly exactly i mean it, the, the word it's not to say animation stuff can't be great no it's i this one look i literally yeah. have been showing our dog every <laughs> disney animated classic like the incredibles we watched- we watched no well that's yeah but i mean we started with like peter pan aristocats and 101 dalmatians because i think my dog deserves to see the classics and she was very interested honestly in those movies And i agree i agree everyone deserves to see some of the classics everyone enjoy the space jam i heard the game was good too that just came out but um gabrielle obviously if people couldn't tell i could talk to you for hours (laughs) but gonna cut it off there uh i wish you well in the land, in the realm of fan-sided. Hope that you keep killing it. Everybody go follow her on Twitter. Uh, I'll link all the stuff in the description, including the Scherzer piece. And uh, stay golden. Thanks, buddy. And zip zappy doo da bango, everybody. That about does it for my discussion. Mid-season kind of recap, retrospective, whatever you want to call it, with the mother-effing star girl, Gabrielle Starr. Before we kind of wrap this bad boy up, guys, let me just tell you, today... On the Locked On Today podcast, Tom Brady gave sports fans another reason to love or hate him. That's a heck of a tease right there, right? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. As always, as I always say this, Peter Bukowski does a great job with that one. Uh, in terms of the future of this podcast, guys, um, well, it's the first series that we're going to be recapping uh, this coming Monday. Should be a lot of fun. I'm really excited for that. And we're also probably going to do a crossover with Dylan Short of Locked On Braves, who I've never talked to in terms of podcast-wise. I've never had a chance to talk to him. So I love talking to people for uh, teams that I haven't, you know, I love talking to new people, I basically, is, is what I'm getting at here. So that should be a lot of fun for the beginning of next week. And then at the end of next week, also... I, I, I guess I haven't had him on the podcast enough. Arm Layton of Lockdown Marlins. He hasn't confirmed yet that he can, but I'll get him on here to talk Marlins for once. A Marlins crossover. That should be a lot of fun. And I just want to throw it out there. Today, the Braves uh, made a move. They acquired Jack Peterson, who I talked about earlier in the season as like a buy low sort of guy since he's not going to cost too much. And he literally doesn't cost much. His contract is really small. As a guy that the Padres might want to look into if they want to acquire another bat in that area. If something, you know, sh- shake, you know shook up. Well, he was, he was, I couldn't, for some reason say the right form of shake there that was very weird uh but he just got traded to the Braves and that shows you that the Cubs any minute guys that fire sale I think really might happen it might be the first real legitimate fire sale we get from a team that we've seen in a long long time I think that that maybe the only one there might be just one of those big guys that doesn't get traded so whatever happens guys I'll of course be talking about it and maybe hopefully the Padres make a move We'll have to see, guys. We'll have to see. Um, And also, once again, check the podcast description for my piece on Kevin Gosman. 
And that about does it for today's edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, guys. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app. I would greatly appreciate that. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My prior faithful homies, take care.